Welcome to New Birth Christian Ministries. We are glad you are joining us today. Our services will begin shortly. Here at New Birth, our mission is to transform our families, our schools, our community, and our city by introducing everyone to Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that Christ will change their hearts and baptize them into His family by the Holy Spirit called New Birth. The New Birth experience will begin shortly. That is the Bible. And so, with that being said, I'm excited this morning. Um, I get a chance to sit and be filled. Uh, we have none other than our own minister, Aaron Mackey, who is going to deliver the word of God to us this morning. So stand to your feet and give God some praise and some honor, not for him, but for the God that he serves. I appreciate Amen. And while you're standing, let's go ahead and give a round of applause to our senior pastor, Pastor Yavis Ellis. Uh, let, let's go ahead and let's give it up. Y'all heard that, that he has to do three funerals this week. And one thing that I love about him is he smells like sheep. Amen. He smells like the people of God. He is out here laboring before God and laboring amongst you. Amen. Amen. So I am so grateful and I am so thankful. I have um, been getting blessed by us starting in the book of Genesis and the the book of the beginning last week was Father's Day. Last week was Father's Day. And then just to move and to see what happened um, yesterday when the men of God, when they got together and it was the men's conference, um, I, I found myself almost coming to tears yesterday. I found myself almost coming to tears because I begin to sit with men that, 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 that I never knew. And I begin to hear their stories. I begin to hear about a young man who, uh, who, who lost his daughter when she was 20 years old, 20 years old. And, and he doesn't know, but he blessed me more in that moment than I have been blessed in a while because he said this, he said this, and I'm going to move on to the scripture text. He said this, he said that I only wanted the person who killed my daughter to be in jail just for a little while because I forgave him. I, I just wanted him to know that, that he made a mistake, but I just wanted him to be in jail just for a little while. And I begin to look back over my life and I begin to think, like, God, do I have that much grace and that much mercy for your people? Because it's easy to say, God, I need your grace and I need your mercy, but do I have enough grace and mercy to extend? To someone else. Here is someone who is not of the fivefold ministry, but is still teaching me that it may come a time in your life to where you're going to the need to extend that grace. Our, our, our pastor last week, or our pastor last week, began to speak on family, and he began to speak on bringing the family back. And, and anytime you begin to make a declaration that you are going to do something, the enemy hears that same declaration and he will begin to fight you at all costs. So I do not want us to be ignorant of the times that we are living in and that we must understand that this battle that we are fighting against, while it did not happen in the Bible times, the Bible will begin to give us insight on how we can begin to fight the enemy at everything he will begin to throw at us. 
So I know last week some men, they, they made a declaration and said, I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I know last week some men, they made a declaration and they said that I'm going to bring my family together. I know some people last week began to say that I am going to do things God's way. But what happens when you leave and hell is all around you? What, what, what happens when you come and you begin to get a great word, but then you begin to get back to your car, you begin to, to turn on your phone, and you begin to turn on the news, and it seems like hell is surrounding you. I'm glad that the Bible begins to set up in a way that it begins to answer that particular question because we are going to come from a very, very familiar text. We all know this particular text. There is a big museum down in Cincinnati near the Kentucky border that represents this text. We are going to talk about Noah and the ark. Noah in the ark. And if I was to take a text, if I was to take a title from it, it is right here. It is saying being faithful among the faithless. Being faithful among the faithless. Um, many times we begin to read very familiar texts like this and we become so uh, comfortable with us understanding everything that we have seen in the text that sometimes that when we begin to look at it, God will begin to try to drop new revelation on us. But since we know everything that the text says, our mind and our heart sometimes isn't open to hear what God has to say. I was speaking to pastor earlier this week and he began to tell us about the shift that is happening in the church. So I am not going to sit up here and act like everyone here is churched. I am not going to sit up here and act like everyone here knows about the story of Noah in the ark. And that's what I love about our congregation is that we have people who have been serving God for 50 years and we have people, this is their first time ever walking into a church building. So it is my task, it is my desire that I will begin to speak to those who have been serving for 50 years, but it is a way that I can make it applicable to those who have never heard this story a day in their life. Noah in the ark. Noah, we all know. I'm going to give you an overview and begin to dive into the scripture text. Noah in the ark. Uh, God was so displeased. God was so displeased with what was going on during the time that he said, listen, my people, they aren't listening to my voice voice. Hell is breaking loose. There is sexual immorality that is going on. So I need to begin to start afresh. I need to begin to wipe out humanity. Yes, I said that, that God got so upset with humanity that God began to wipe out every living being, every person except for Noah and his family. I'm sorry if, if I begin to, to give you a different view on God. I'm sorry if I begin to, to sit here and begin to tell you that God's judgment is real. I'm sorry if I begin to tell you that sin has its consequences that you cannot just live in your type of way and begin to think that God is going to bless you. I have been stricken and I have been called to preach the totality of the gospel so yes God is loving yes God cares but God will wipe out an entire generation. The story we are coming from is in Genesis chapter 
chapter 6. So he wiped out an entire generation, but he left one family. He left one family, and that is Noah. So what was going on? What was going on during that time to where God had to wipe out an entire generation? Here in Genesis chapter 6, verses number 1, I hope you have your Bible. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 1, and it says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that those sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, that means they were good looking, and they took wives, all of them, to which they chose. Um, um, this is, this right here is, is one of Satan's tricks, and this right here is my first point, is that when we are looking at what is going on in the world today, we have to be sure that we do not birth sin. We, we have to be cognizant that we do not birth sin because it goes down into Genesis 6 and 4 and it says there were giants in the earth and in those days and also after that when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men and they bare them children, the same became mighty men which were of old and men of renown. Um, um, we, we, we see here, we see here that sin is beginning to birth because what happened was um, many of us understand it. For my those, for those who were here for the first time, um, the devil was someone who was in who was in heaven. And what happened was the devil wanted to be like God. The, the devil wanted to be God. So what happens is he led a rebellion, and a third of the angels fell at that moment. A third of the angels that they fell when, when God began to cast the devil down to hell. So a third of the angels fell at that moment. And here we are seeing that those angels, they begin to creep into men and they begin to have sex and they begin to make love with the women of that time and they begin to birth babies. Um, why was God so upset that, that, that people at that time were birthing babies? I'm glad you asked. Because we go down to Genesis 3 and 15. We go down to Genesis 3 and 15. And it says this. This is God speaking to the devil. Genesis 3 and 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. What God is saying. This was after Eve had eaten of the of the forbidden tree and that God came and began to speak to the devil and said because you have tricked my child um, um, because you have tricked the seed that is going to come from woman is going to begin to bruise your head and you are going to bite or you're going to bruise his heel and um, what does that have to do with demons and people beginning to infiltrate the people at that time you see what we must understand is that we have to begin to take some cues from the devil because the cue that the devil had took was that God had begun to speak to the devil and told the devil, listen, you have begun to mess with my children so I am going to birth someone out of the woman's womb and that person that comes out of the woman's womb is going to begin to destroy you. I know you missed it because I missed it the first time. So what the devil began to do, the devil began to get 
get, get busy immediately and he says I must infiltrate the woman's womb so now because the, because the savior is going to come out of the woman's womb I must now begin to infiltrate the woman's womb because the devil knew about God the devil knew God the devil knew how God worked and he knew that God would have no dealings with sin so if the devil can begin to infiltrate the woman's womb and sin is being birthed out of that that means that no good thing can come from it because God does not operate in sin uh, I'm here to tell you that sometimes we have to be careful about who we hook up with sometimes we have to be careful about who we have surrounding us sometimes we have to be careful about who we are connecting with because it may look good but the devil heard the same promise that God had gave you and he said that if I can get you to birth sin then you can never get what God has for you You see, that's that's why Joseph had to come. I mean, that's why Jesus could not come from Joseph. And that's why Jesus had to come from a virgin Mary. Because it was prophesied all the way back in Genesis 3. That, that, that there could be no evil that is associated with our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. So the devil thought that he was so smart that he tried to thwart what God has said. But God says that whatever I speak out of my mouth... It is going to happen, and no devil in hell can stop it. He may delay it. He may try to block it. But sooner or later, sooner or later, it's going to come to pass. And sometimes I look around the church and we have been tricked. We have been led astray. We have been bamboozled. We have been hoodwinked. Now, now we have begun to hook up with the world. We have begun to join groups and organizations and begin to take jobs and, and be, begin to turn certain frats and sororities and thinking that that is what is going to take us to the next level. God is saying you do not have to begin to join yourself with all of these people to get the promise that I have. All you got to do is walk upright and just hang on a little while longer. And I promise you, I'm going to bring it to path. I, I, I love this because we see that the devil thought that he was smart. We see that the devil began to infiltrate the woman's womb and sin was birthed out of it. Sin means to just miss the mark. And some of us are wondering why we don't have power. It's because we're continually to miss the mark. Some of us are wondering why things aren't working out the way that I thought they should be working out. It's because we are missing the mark. And sin is one of those things. I know we got our big sins and we got these things that we like to glorify above all else. But sin could be that thing that God is telling you to do that you refuse to do. Sin could be that thing 
that, that, that you, you disguise as a prayer request, like, hey, 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 sis, um, we need to pray for sis uh, because da-da-da-da-da, is happening. But you know down deep in your heart that it is all nothing but malice and gossip is the reason why you are saying that so you can have the right action but not have the right heart attached to a sin. <laughs> Means to miss the mark. And you see, sometimes we, we're like, God, I, I, I hear what you're saying. God, God, I, I know you want me to do this, but, but, uh, but, but just like Abraham, just like Abraham, we, we, we heard what God wanted us, want us to do, but, but sometimes we begin to move in our own way in order to try to help God. Come here, come here, come here, Sarah. Come, 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 come here, um, 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 slave girl. Come here. And then we, we begin to, to, to move out of God's will and we begin to try to help God because we hear what God is saying, but we feel like God is taking too long. So we birth sin. And then, and then sometimes we, we hear what God is saying, and, and if we can just be honest, come here, Jonah. Um, we, we hear what God is saying, but we just don't want to do it. So we run the other way and then wondering why we're in the belly of a beast. Sin is something that will creep up in your life and you won't even know it's there. Um, 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 we can be like um, we can be like Elijah and, and some of us we come to church every single Sunday uh, some of us have seen God do some marvelous and miraculous things but yet and still when God asks you to do it you begin to cower and to get scared we have to be careful not to birth sin. And, and, and pastor, th th this is what got me. This is what got me because um, in, in the word, in the word, and listen, if, if you're 40 and younger, I, I need you to listen to me. I need you to put your phones down. I need you to listen to me. I need my teenagers. I need you all to listen. If you don't hear anything that I say, listen to the next five minutes. I need you all to listen to me. Um, if you're 40 and younger, um, um, it says this. The daughters of men, they were having kids with the Nephilimites. And watch this. Genesis 6 and 4, it says something. It says, and they bear children to them, and the same became mighty men of old and men of renown. Um, we have to see that the sin worked in the earth. We have to see that the sin worked in earth. It said that they were mighty men of renown. If I can bring it to 21st century, um, they were the Instagram influencers. They, they were the modern day rappers. They were the rap stars. Their videos were going viral on the internet. The world loved them. They, they had everything that you could possibly want. They had the women. They had the cars. They had the chains. They had the money. They had the houses. They, they had it all. They, they, they were mighty men of renown. And I want y'all to see this. I want y'all to see this. That, that just because people have everything that you want, that does not mean they have a relationship with God. Oh no, oh I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here you to tell you because that is a trap of the enemy. They, they had everything but they didn't have peace. They had everything but they didn't have joy. They had everything but they didn't have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They had everything but they didn't have a relationship with God. So I'm telling you young people, you cannot look at people's success. 
and think just because they say God in an acceptance speech that they are holy. We can't look at people's success and say just because they post a scripture every once in a while it's because they're holy. Um, the Bible tells us that we will know a tree by its fruit. And if all of the fruit that they are bearing is nothing but destruction, that means that they are headed to hell in a handbasket. And I don't want you to go to hell trying to get the things of this world. Pastor, that, that, that hit me because I was, I was wishing that it said that when they hooked up with, with the devil, that, that their lives were going to be terrible. I, I wish that it said that when they hooked up with the devil, that, that they were going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. I, I wish, I wish, I wish, because that's an easier sermon to preach because I could say, hey, this is the reason why you don't hook up with the devil. But now I, I have to move past preaching to your natural spirit, your natural man, and begin to preach to your spiritual man. Now, now I have to move past the outward appearance and begin to speak to that thing that is down on the inside of you. Now, now I have to move past on you having the money, the grades, the scholarship of everything that you ever wanted. And to say, if God never gave you any of it, if God doesn't do any of that stuff, like Caroline said earlier, at least you have your joy. If God doesn't do any of the things, at least you have your peace. If God doesn't do any of those things, at least... You're saved. And I don't want our young people to be tricked and deceived into seeing mama, look, he, he, he has to be a believer. I can do everything that he's doing because look how success, successful he is. But, but we, we must understand this. We must understand this, that um, I, I wish, let, matter of fact, let, let, let me read it to you. Let, let me get my Bible. Let me read it to you. Um, it says this right here. It says that, um, that as much as um, is going to be is that their time on the earth is only going to be 120 years. Which means that I know to us that sounds like a lot, but if we go back to verse, I mean, chapter number five, it began to talk about how some people begin to live 870 years. It began to talk about how some people live 900 years. It began to talk about how some people live 815 years, how some people live 840 years, how Canaan lived 910 years. It began to talk about how some of these people begin to live long lives, but God is saying that my grace is not going to be with with them always. My, my grace is not going to be with them always. And he gave them a time frame. He said they got 120 years to get it together. These people that we are following, these people that we are making our idols, God is saying, I don't know how long they got it to get it together, but they have an unspecified amount of time to get it together. Because God's grace is not always going to be with them. And then what this what leads me to my next point is that they were living in a time, they were living in a time to where their heart was wicked. So we must watch our heart. We must watch our heart. You see, we are living at a time to where evil is all around us. And in Genesis 6 and 5, it says this, and, he, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, 
and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It's saying that the only thing they thought about was just how evil and, and how they can please themselves and, and nothing of their imagination wasn't to the glory of God, but their imagination was nothing but evil. Um, we must watch our heart because just as the enemy is after our seed, the enemy is also after our heart. And watch this. Um, um, I heard this illustration a, long, a, a while ago and it said, um, I want y'all to imagine y'all having y'all's dream home. I want y'all to imagine y'all having a house that y'all always wanted. I want y'all to imagine it has every single thing that you could possibly want inside that house. It has all of your treasures. It has all of your valuables. It has everything that you can possibly run. You have, you have 10 Rolexes. You got all the Fendi bags. You got Gucci shoes. You have everything that you want. You got, you got, the, you got all the jerseys. You got all the shoes. You got, you got everything, that, all the cars. You have everything that you possibly want. But you are not the only person who knows that you have this. The enemy knows that you have this also. So what you begin to do is you begin to put up a gate around your house in order to help protect your house. So you have this, this big elaborate gate that is around your house. And, and what happens is, is that the enemy begin to hop over that gate. The enemy is not going to just be happy with just hopping over the gate. Because what the enemy wants is what's inside your house. The gate is just something that keeps the enemy out. But once the enemy gets inside the gate, he's just not going to stand there and be happy about it because he's going for what's inside your house. We must understand that the things that we listen to, the things that we watch, the things that we allow consume our body, they are just gates to our heart. So the enemy is just not going to be happy with us listening to trap music. The enemy wants your heart. The enemy just isn't happy when you just watching those web websites that you know you shouldn't be watching, the enemy wants your heart. The enemy just isn't going to be excited with you tasting and you feeling certain things. The enemy, he wants your heart. And we have been so deceived thinking that we can begin to indulge in all of these things and thinking that the enemy is just going to be excited with just getting inside of us. No, honey, the enemy wants to steal. He wants to destroy. He wants to kill every single last thing that God has put on the inside of you. The enemy wants to get inside of there to begin to take your innocence. The enemy wants to get inside of there to begin to take your integrity. The enemy wants to get inside of there to begin to take your creativity. The enemy wants to get in there to be take your younger years. The enemy wants to destroy you and we are allowing the enemy in. We have to watch our heart. But, but we say our heart is guarded, but we allow any and everything to begin to infiltrate us. We have to be aware of the enemy's cunning devices. He just doesn't want to hop the gate, y'all. He, he just doesn't want, like, I, I can't allow, I, I know my boy is going to do it, but I, I just, I, I just can't allow it. Like, I, son, I, I know you're going to listen to certain music, but I, I just can't allow you to do it in my presence. I'm not about to give you to the devil. 
I, I, I know my teens feel like that, I, that I'm a broken record when I tell them you got to keep yourself because there were some things that you don't know now at a young age that, that you wish that you're going to wish you had kept yourself at an older age. And I feel like I feel like a broken record, but the enemy wants your heart. We cannot allow certain things to just happen. Because what happens is, is that when we allow those certain things to happen, we no longer have power and we no longer have authority. So at least my son is going to say, yes, I indulged in that, but I had to sneak around and do it. At least he stood up for something and said, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We just can't allow any and everything to come into our house. And... and and I love this because um, we, we see our first point was we cannot burst sin. Our second point is that we must, we must, we must watch our heart. And now we are getting down to the crust of the message. Now we are getting down to Noah. Now we are seeing a man who lived in all of this evil. Now we see a man who was who seeing, um, the Bible says that the world populated, that, that evil was all around them, that, that, that sexual perversion, that, that people were having everything that their little hearts could desire. And now we're going to read about a man who was faithful among the faithless. In verse number uh, six, in, chapter, in Genesis 6 and 8, it says this. It says, but Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with the Lord. So my third point is that we must walk with God. We, we, we must, we must. It is imperative that we walk with God. And, 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 and this, this is what stuck out to me is this, that in verse number eight, it said that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace is a gift. It's not a merit. So we must understand that we cannot earn grace, but we must seek grace. No matter all of the good that we could possibly do, that is, there is no amount of good that we can do in order to receive this grace, as, as order to earn this grace. But we must begin to ask God to give us this grace. Noah was looking for grace. It says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And it says this, that um, Noah was perfect in his generations. That does not mean that he was a perfect man. Um, all that means is that Noah did not allow his household to begin to birth sin. <clears throat> all that means is that Noah did not allow his children, did, did not allow his people to begin to be infiltrated with the demons at that time. So that's why it says it was perfect in his generation. Noah wasn't a perfect man, but he was perfect in his generation. I want you to understand because some of us out here are looking at it and saying, um, I can't be that because I'm not perfect. I'm here to tell you that nobody is perfect, that we are all living by grace. That the simple fact that I woke up this morning lets me know that God's grace is on my life. <clears throat> you see, but it says that Noah walked with God. 
Noah walked with God during a time to where it wasn't popular to walk with God. Noah walked with God during a time to where it wasn't a cool thing to do. We are now living in a time that it is no longer cool to be a Christian. We, we, we are now living in like the post-Christian um, affinity time to where it is no longer the, the hot thing to do is to be a Christian. Um, if when you begin to tell people that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, they, they may begin to look at you a little differently. But that's the reason why the, world, the word calls us to be a peculiar people. We have to begin to look different than what the world looks, looks like. And sometimes they don't know that we are a Christian because um, we have not been tried. And if we were to go to trial on our Christianity, would we be found guilty? Or, or would we have a mistrial because they don't know what we are? They don't know if we're a believer or if we're not a believer. They, they don't know if we're saved or we're not saved. Um, um, sometimes you do the right thing, but then sometimes you always go to the club with us. Is, is, is there a, a line of demarcation in your life to let everyone know, no, I'm not perfect, but I serve a perfect God? We must be a peculiar people. No, no, no longer can we allow certain things to begin to infiltrate our sanctuary. No, no longer can we allow, and I'm not just talking about new, but I'm talking about the church as a whole. Uh, no longer can some of the things that are being spilled out and some of the music that is being um, guised as gospel music, no longer can we allow that to be the right thing. We have to stand for holiness. And, and, and um, <clears throat> Mav and David, um, I, I don't want you to get confused um, because I don't want you to confuse re religiosity with spiritualness. Because when you begin to walk in the way that God has called you to work, you may make some church people uncomfortable. When you begin to walk and do the things that God has called you to do, you may make some religious people just a little bit uncomfortable. I know when I walked up here that some of y'all seen that I had jeans on and was like, mm, what's that preacher up there doing with jeans on? I, I know I may make some of y'all a little uncomfortable. I know when some people are singing with their hats on, it may make you a little uncomfortable, but we are moving out of religiosity and we're moving in to making sure that people are filled with the Holy Ghost, that people are filled with the Holy Spirit, because you can wear suits all you want and still go home and beat your wife. You can wear suits all you want and still go home and cheat on her. You can wear suits all you want and still get caught in the hotel with another man. I don't care what you have on, you can look like you have the power of God, but just because you look like you have the power of God, that does not mean you have the power of God. But now we are making room for the Holy Ghost to begin to move on through here. To say, uh, you got the power of God because of the way that you speak. You got the power of God because of the way you treat your husband. You got the power of God because of the way that you treat your wife. You got the power of God because of the way that you read your word. 
Oh, when you have a relationship with God, we are called to be Christ-like. And as soon as Christ stepped into the scene, he began to make all the religious folks super uncomfortable. They began to try to trip him up at every turn. But God began to say, I don't care what man looks like at the outward appearance, but I'm looking at the inward appearance, and I will begin to fill my people with the Holy Ghost. I don't care if they don't have on a robe. They got the Holy Ghost. Uh, I feel like preaching now. I feel like preaching now. I feel my help coming on. I feel like, watch this, watch this. Uh, 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 it says that in Hebrews 11, that Noah was warned by God. Um, because he began to walk with God and he had a relationship with God, that means that he could hear God's voice. That means that you have to be close with God in order to see the warning that is taken forward. Um, people are going to look at you like you crazy, but it says also in 2 Peter, um, it goes down to 2 Peter 2 and 5, and it says, and Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing forth the flood, the world ungodly. So what that mean was that the flood took 120 years from when Noah began to start building the ark, but Noah that entire time began to preach the word of God. And watch this, Nobody got saved at when Noah was preaching the word of God. But just because you don't react the way that you want me now, I want you to react. Just because you don't give me an amen. Just because you don't listen to what I'm saying, I'm going to preach the word of God. Just because the Supreme Court made the five things a certain way, I'm going to preach the word of God. Just because your cousin say, this is the way that it should go, I'm going to preach the word of God. And how do you preach the word of God if you're not a preacher? Mama, I need you to keep on teaching people to live right. Daddy, I need you to not run out on your house when things get hard. Singles, I need you to not respond to that you up text. Uh, men, I want you to know it's okay to worship God. It's okay to begin to lift your head back. Throw your hands up and begin to serve a great God. Women, I want you to know it's okay not to compromise. We may not be preachers in a traditional sense. They may have took prayer out of schools, but the way that I preach is, I began to kick my son's door in. I began to anoint his head with oil. I began to anoint his book bag. I began to anoint his shoes. I began to anoint his clothes. You may not be able to pray in school, but I guarantee you taking you take prayer in the school with you. Come on, come on. You want to have a sleepover? Come on and have a sleepover. I'm going to pray over each and every one of your little friends that come over there. I'm going to anoint their shoes. I'm going to anoint their clothes. I'm going to anoint everything that they have. Oh, you need a ride? Come on, come on, come on. I got you. You need a ride. I'm going to come up and I'm going to be bumping my gospel music, letting people know that Jaira, that God does save, that God is a healer. All you got to do is begin to worship. Ah, uh, 
Yeah. Just because they don't listen, that don't mean you stop preaching. Um, Noah preached for 120 years and people didn't listen. Noah began to do things for 120 years and people didn't listen. But I'm going to still start preaching the word of God. And then it says this. And then it says this. Sit down. I'm almost done. It says this in Genesis 6.14. It says, make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms that shall make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. God is saying, Noah, I need you to make an ark. God asked Noah, to build something for something that he has never seen. God asked Noah to build something for something that he has never seen. God may be asking you to begin to build something for something that you have never seen. Uh, um, because during that time, it had never rained. Rain had never came from the clouds. So we have to understand that, that the writers of the word of God, they were inconsiderate writers, so we have to be considerate readers. When we begin to see this, we won't even think about how bold or how big this was because we just assume that rain always was. But when we understand that how God used to water the flowers at that time was that he would bring the water up from out of the ground, water never came down from the sky. And we must also understand that Noah was nowhere near a wide body of water. So here he is building an ark for something that he has never seen and it doesn't look like it's ever going to come to pass. But God began to say, hey, um, I, I, I need you to work. I, I need you to do something because um, um, eyes have not seen nor ear has heard nor has it entered into the heart what God has prepared for them uh, um, that love him I'm not just talking about material things some of us want our relationship with God to be a lot stronger and we will begin to look back on our past and say God my relationship with you was never strong so I don't think that it could ever be strong um, some of us can't remember a time when our child wasn't on drugs so we don't think that God can begin to pull your child off drugs. Some of us can't remember a time to where we ever had any money in the bank account. But God can say that I am able to do something to where you will have at least some savings in the bank account. Some of us will remember a time to where we never had a house. Grandma ain't have no house. Great grandma ain't have no house. Great 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 grandma ain't have no house. But God is saying that I'm going to allow you to be the first person in your generation to have a house. Some of us can remember a time to where nobody had a college education. And he said, you're going to be the first one not just to go to college, but to graduate from college. Not just graduate from college, but be debt free while you're doing it. God is saying that I'm showing you something that has never been done. You never saw it before. So you think it's impossible. You... you an ark, a boat, 
bigger than a football field, 60 feet in the, in the air. You, you, want, you want me to build that? I mean, the baptism pool got some water in it, but uh, I don't think that's going to flood. God, I, I don't see any water around, but God said, just do it. And watch this, and I'm done. I promise you I'm done after this. Genesis 6.22 is the secret to it all. <clears throat> Genesis 6.22 is the secret to it all. Because watch this. We're not going to burst in. We're going to watch our heart. We're going to walk with God. In Genesis 6.22, it says this. Thus did Noah according to all that God had commanded. Thus did Noah according to all that God had commanded. I love what Dr. Evans had to say on this. Dr. Tony Evans said this. It says, when you are not walking with God, obedience becomes the irritation. But when you're walking with him, it becomes a natural outgrow. When you're not walking with God, obedience becomes an irritation. Thank you, Dr. Evans. But when you're walking with him, it becomes a natural outgrowth. So the reason why it's so hard for some of us to obey the word of God is because we hear God, but we're not walking with him. We, we have a relationship with him, but it's long distance. We haven't talked to him in a while. So now, because I don't have a relationship with him, he asked me to do something that's out of the ordinary, and now I got an attitude because I haven't been communi uh, communicating with him. I haven't been hearing everything that he asked me to do because if I begin to walk with him, it is not out of the ordinary for God to ask me to do something out of the ordinary. So that's why it becomes an irritation to some of us. And that's why some of us don't do what God has asked us to do. Knowing that we should do it. Or if we do do it, we don't do all, we do some. God, I know you told me to tithe. But I'm not going to give my whole 10%. I'm just going to give whatever I got that week. God, God, God I, I know you told me um, not, not, not to steal, um, but, um, but the tax man is coming around, and I need to forge these numbers a little bit. I'm up somebody's alley now. We must begin to walk with God. So when God asks us to do something, it is not an irritation. We are so close to him. I got you. I got you. Give him that look, babe. We give him that look like, yeah, we got it. Because we're walking. And then I'm done after this. I promise you I'm done after this. Um, 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 um. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, in Hebrews 11, in Hebrews 11, it says this. It says that Noah built the ark in reverence of God. That word reverence means worship. So Noah began to worship God while he began to build the ark. 
So, so this is what happened. Noah is chopping down the first gopher tree saying, God, I thank you for your revelation. God, I just want to worship you. God, there is no other God before you. And then year one went by, there's still no sign of rain, but God, but Noah began to worship. Year 10 went by, there's no sign of rain, but Noah still began to worship. Year 20 went by, there's no sign of rain, but Noah still began to worship. Year 50 went by, still no sign of rain, but Noah began to worship. He chopped down his 400th tree, and Noah still began to worship. He removed his 1,000 splinter, but Noah still began to worship. 50 years of people calling him crazy, but Noah was still working and worshiping. Year 100, still no rain, but Noah was still worshiping and working. Year 119, their rain still didn't come, but Noah was still worshiping and working. And then here comes year 120. And then Noah began to get a good praise on the inside of him. He said, what's that I see in the air? I begin to feel some things falling down on me. I don't care how long it begins to take you. God is saying, just because you do not see the sign of the gift that I told you I'm going to give you, that does not mean to stop worshiping. Worshiping when people are talking about you. Worship when you don't feel my presence. Worship when you think you look dumb. Worship when you don't think this is going to work. We must begin to worship while we work. Praise the worship team. You can come. Worship while you work. We cannot burst in. We cannot burst in. We must watch our heart. We also must walk with God. And while we're walking with God, we must worship while we work. And you see, God asked Noah to build something, but he didn't tell him how he was going to get the animals in a boat. God asked Noah to build something, but he didn't tell him where you were going. He didn't tell him about any navigation. God asked Noah to build something, and he didn't tell him when it was going to rain. God gave him partial instructions, but Noah obeyed completely. God gave partial instructions. But Noah obeyed completely. Some of us are struggling with that. We know that God has called us to do something. But God has not gave you complete instructions. So it's hard for you to believe. Some of you have came Sunday after Sunday. And was like, man. I hear about this Jesus they're preaching about. I hear about this God they're preaching about. But I, I, don't, I don't know what it is to be saved. I, I don't know what it is to walk like they walk. I don't know what it is to be a believer. And God is saying, I just want you to come. 
I want you to fully obey you stepping out of your seat and coming and watch how I will begin to give you the provision I, I want you to say I, I, I forget about everything that I've done in the past and I want to notice Jesus that they speak about God to say come with you we'll show you my man my man we'll show you what it means to be a believer I see you my brother I see you my brother I see you I see you 